All good things must come to an end, and today we are talking about the very last issue of Darkwing Duck, for the time being. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Russo and... Tiffany Silverbron. How's it going, Tiff? Pretty good. Okay, guys, I'm sure you've noticed that this isn't a very long one. Uh, our habit of going long on previous episodes has bitten us in the butt because we are running low on storage space. Notice we don't ask you guys for Patreon donations. We're good that way, but that means we don't end up with lots of space for episodes. So this ends up having to be a short one. Um, that's fine, though. Um, let's just jump right into it. It's a part two regardless, right? Yep. So let's just do this thing. Uh, Joe Book, Starkwing Duck number eight, the very last issue that came out uh, March 2017. And so, Tiff, what does our cover look like? We have an upside down distraught Darkwing, and he is wrapped up in a bunch of vines and has a bunch of mechanical arms with like, it looks like a weed killer spray, a hoe, a, a hand shovel, and a rake all reaching towards him. Where do you think those are coming from? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Oh, we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> so this is part two of Dawn of the Day of the Return of the Living Spud. So we're picking up pretty much exactly where we left off. And we are starting once again with our old buddy, Dwayne. Yay. Yeah, we love Dwayne. So how does the uh, how does his narration start? You picked up on a reference here. Yeah, so he starts off and he makes a Pee Wee's Big Adventure reference, <laughs> and um, when Pee Wee's talking to Dottie, and he this is the line that he says is Yes, sirree. There's a lot of old stuff out here in the dark. Normal folks don't want no part of. Things they couldn't understand, things they wouldn't understand, things they shouldn't understand. I've seen that movie many times. I did not pick up on that for some reason. <laughs> um, and, he, and then he pulls out a uh, chupacabra and, uh, you know, squirts it with a water pistol, feeds it a potato. He said they're pretty docile, as long as it, you give them potatoes. It looks like the dog from Coco. Dante. Does a little bit. Um, <laughs> we're a couple of years removed from that, but yeah. still. It's like a very feral chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. So as Dwayne says, we were John about the Taterpocalypse. And he says, with Darkwing Duck up to his tail feathers in Tater Trouble and the city under siege, it was up to a familiar face to protect the people. And then we get another reference. What's this one? So it says, just in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas, which is a reference to the tagline for Army of Darkness. Ah, nice. The third sequel of Evil Dead, which is trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. And then Gizmoduck says, my gizmo suit doesn't actually run on fossil fuel, citizen. You see, it's powered by a... And then Dwayne interrupts him. And we're not going to do all the dialogue, but this is funny. Dwayne (laughs) says, who's telling this tale, friend? Do I come down to your fancy pajama party and tell you how to jump across rooftops? And Gizmoduck says, I, I suppose not, but that re- isn't really what I do. <laughs> um, and then again, so, you do have the pose that he's making, having the potato peeler for an arm and the girl grabbing. That's Ash. 
yeah, hundred percent, right? Like, yep, it's just like the cover of our, the yeah, the cover art of Army of Darkness. I don't know why I didn't pick up on that. I should <laughs> be able to pick up on that. Um, so this issue, you know, continues our story, but stops for detours to lay the groundwork for stuff that we're never going to find out what happens, um, which is a shame, which includes this next scene at Quackworks where we check back in with uh, Maury Thwackstein from way, way, way back, who's now the <laughs> CEO of the company. Uh, basically, he wants to deploy the new hero bots, and his assistant tells him that most of them aren't operational. About 40% are. Uh, the problem is that when he calls to get them activated, they're gone. Yep. And, and it says a mystery for another day. A mystery we're probably never going to uh, get solved for us. Yep. <laughs> Something that they wanted to get to at some point. We have a theory, but we'll get to it. Um, so, yeah, checking back with Gizmoduck. So this is kind of nice because we're spending a lot of time with Gizmoduck. We haven't gotten to do that. And it's kind of fun just to kind of, I mean, there's other characters here, but he's our focus for the next couple of pages. So it's kind of fun, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> so who calls Gizmoduck? Jay Gander Hooter and um, what's her name? Desiree Bell. Okay, so this is pretty funny. When Hooter calls, he's, um, he's happy that Gizmoduck has returned. He says his timing could not be more impeccable. And Gizmoduck says... Sorry, I haven't been around, sir. I took a vacation. Then there was that MacGuffin convention. <laughs> because without dangerous currency, there's no explanation to where Gizmoduck went. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know, Gizmoduck puts two and two together, figures out Bushroot is behind this. And then we get a slew of cameos. Uh, what are these, Tiff? Um, then they say they need to call for all of the, they need to summon all of the former justice ducks. So you see Neptunia and I guess it's Hal, but he looks really realistic and not cartoony like he does in the comic book. The crab is cartoony Cartoon. down there though. Huh? The crab down there is pretty cartoony though. <laughs> yeah. And then, and Stegmut and you see him fighting a giant potato and you see uh thumb appeal. I don't like them. I'm okay. sure you're excited about. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love her so much. She awakens things in me. <laughs> Actually, more importantly, Stegma is playing Put Out the Dark Wing with a giant potato. <laughs> yep. Interesting how they say former Justice Ducks, which kind of implies what I've always thought is the team really didn't stay together. Yeah. They're not really a team of superheroes. Morgana and Stegmut and even Neptunia are not really superheroes. So I kind of always imagined after their one and only adventure, they all kind of split up and did their own thing. Yep. So I kind of liked how they, they, they imply that here. Um, then who do they mention? They mentioned that they tried to get a hold of Morgana and they couldn't, and that they'll fill him in later on the details of that. And you see a very, um, like, spiderweb-filled, macabre manner. With melted candles, lots of cobwebs, yeah. No one's been there for a while. Yeah. Bell mentions they tried to locate a gizmo girl. She doesn't know if he's she's his sidekick or what. Gizmo that calls her a gizmo buddy, very in mm -hmm. character. 
Yeah, it's very um, cute because, you know, it could be, if it was Darkwing, he'd be angry and wonder why someone's stealing his look and stuff. And it's very Gizmo Duck that he's excited that he has a fan. <laughs> Why? What an adorable little Gizmo buddy. Uh, <laughs> he points out that um, she's wearing the old Quack One armor, which isn't as sophisticated as his armor, which we didn't point out. He does look different, very different. Aside from the helmet, um, he has the basic Gizmo Duck shape, but a lot has changed about him. Yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> A little sleeker, not so 80s. <laughs> he doesn't have the rubber black arms now. They're actually like mechanical robot arms. So like our assumption is Fenton's arms. what? Like hydraulic arms. Right. So we're our assumption is Fenton is like it just inside the suit completely, except for his head. <laughs> the like tire that, is streamlined. He's like that, um, what is it, a day for a night goofy cartoon where he's sitting inside of the armor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or Bugs did the same thing in um, Nights Must Fall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he doesn't have the belted tire anymore. It's a lot more modern racing tire, kind of. And also, the R is now a G, which yeah. I guess it should be. It looks very similar to how the R looked, but it's clearly a G now. Right. So Gizmoduck is cutting apart potatoes, he's slicing, he's dicing, he's making julienne fries. Which is probably an Aladdin reference. <laughs> well, he slices, dices, julienne fries is kind of also from the original Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, but it's a Disney comic, so I'm sure they're going to be referencing the Disney property. That's true. So Bell well, or is it, it Hooter? We can't tell. In a, I think it was originally in a commercial specifically. Oh, yeah. That, it's all coming from a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it's Bell or Hooter. They mentioned um, the most pressing question is where is Darkwing? So we're about to get a gigantic exposition dump. Um, if you want, I'll pretty much handle this. You, 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 you cool with that? Yeah. All right. Um, first, we get a pretty decent joke where Darkwing does not remember who Dean Tightbill is and Bushroot has to remember him. Um, and Bushroot is very offended that Darkwing <laughs> would forget the first time they ever met. <laughs> Bushroot says, you know, I'd actually be hurt. If you've, I'd actually be hurt you almost forgot our first encounter if it wasn't so typical of you. Um <laughs> So, yeah, here comes this big exposition exposition dump from Tight Bill. Um, basically, he talks about the most important green thing is money. And he wanted to take over Gary and Larson's notes and their project to enlarge food. Because as we recall, in Beauty and the Beat, they were creating giant food. No nutritional value, but, you know, big, big food. It's great for profits and corporate corporations, you know? Um so he wanted to, you know, create profit beyond his wildest dreams. He needed some seed money. So we see him going to Steelbeak for a big suitcase full of cash. A couple of mysterious shadows in the background. Um, one of them is obviously Flintheart Glomgold. We know, you know, second richest duck in the world. The other one for you duck comic fans is John D. Rocker Duck. Um, another one of Scrooge's rich enemies. So he uses seed money to create the Nutricide Factory, 
but his hard work was just not paying off. He couldn't do what he was trying to do. His investors were getting pretty antsy. And then when he broke around the hydroponics wing, he found Posey buried underground. So he decided to um, basically use her genetics, I guess, her DNA. to her DNA and add it to the giant food he was making. Um, basically, that's pretty much it. Did I miss something? Um, I think that's it. That's oh, and that the food. It does enlarge it, but it has absolutely no nutritional value. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because it's all going to be profit. First, yep. you know, first the produce industry, then the world. Um, and then Gosling makes a comment. Science is always asking if it could, never asking if it should. And then Darkwing goes, and the little girl who turned our staircase into a water slide fails to see the irony. <laughs> so um, Bushroot gets upset. What does Bushroot say? Yeah, this part is pretty interesting because he's talking about what he wanted to do originally, which is just have people be able to absorb like the sun and nutrients and stuff like that and not have to depend on food, which kind of makes you think that he's like not that much of a villain in the first place. He never really was. Yeah. He just got pushed too far. <laughs> yep. And um, Dean Tightbill reminds him that the only green that matters is money. And um, he tells him that he's unleashing horrible danger. And Darkwing says, why do you keep calling him Dean? He doesn't run the university anymore. <laughs> and Bushroot it, says his, his first name is also Dean. <laughs> well, that's convenient. <laughs> when he got promoted, he didn't have to change his business cards. And Gosling <laughs> in the background says, can we just stop the bad guy? <laughs> So Type Bill unleashes Posey, who breaks her, you know, who breaks her chains, basically. And, uh, you know, Posey is back on the loose. I miss her ripped yeah. up wedding dress. Wait, what? I miss her ripped up wedding dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have another scene, which is meant to, again, lay the groundwork for something that we never end up getting. Um, we have a few guards delivering the Splatter Phoenix comic to Warden Dullard, you know, the one Darkwing put her in a couple of issues ago. Uh, it's all chained up now. As they hand it to him, another giant potato bursts out of the water, attacks their boat, and then another one of those um, plant rafters attacks the giant potato, and they fall underwater, and the comic book is dropped. Who sees the comic? Naked duck behind mm. bars. My, my, my. Whatever do we have here? <laughs> that would be interesting if we ever found out what happens. I would love to see a naked duck splatter phoenix team up. <laughs> you think that would go better or worse than when he teamed up with Magica? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It could go either way. Yeah. So Gizmoduck is up on a building trying to find Darkwing, doing hand signals to look like Darkwing's face. <laughs> and he's like, but I have been approached by a salesman from three local haberdasheries, quite determined to be drumming up business during a potato apocalypse. You've got to admire that chutzpah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my favorite Gizmoduck line, and I just hear Hamilton Camp say it in my head, 
is when Neptunia calls in for like her only like dialogue in this issue. Uh, she says, Agent Bell, Gizmoduck, something odd is going on. And Gizmoduck says, and considering tonight, that's really saying something. <laughs> yeah, I can totally hear him too. <laughs> and I hear Camp dropping into the Fenton voice for that. Yep. <laughs> but uh, Neptunia notices the potatoes are not fighting anymore. They're actually leaving. Yep. And we get our only line from Stegma in this comic, uh, in this issue at least. He does say something in the Comic-Con one. Uh, what happens in his one scene? Says, maybe they want jam. <laughs> <laughs> our, only, our only drawing of Grizzly Cough in this issue, too. I was going to say, yeah, get Grizzly Cough. <laughs> Femme Appeal, Grizzly Cough, and Stegma. Maybe they want jam. So Desiree Bell assumes they're heading to some sort of hide mind. And sends the coordinates to Gizmoduck, who's surrounded by haberdashers <laughs> trying to sell him hats. You know, where'd they all come from? Oh, you never know. And why are they not being attacked by t- potatoes either? <laughs> yeah, they got hats. <laughs> ah, ha, ha, ha. Um, so Gizmoduck tries out a few um, catchphrases before being told they were taken. Uh, what's the first one? Says, let's get catchphrase taken to infinity catchphrase taken well donkey buttons catchphrase available <sighs> of course he, I, the second one is buzz light years obviously yeah <laughs> so darkwing and bush are kind of getting their butts handed to them by posey while launchpad and goslin is still you know wrapped up in the vines this entire time um so goslin realizes you know these are old enemies of Bushroot. i have an idea he scares Larson and Gary with Bushroot's dismembered head. <laughs> creepy. Very creepy. So uh, Larson and Gary let go of Launchpad and Goslin. I don't think we see them again. And then we get kind of schmaltzy, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, what happens? So then we get another little speech about um, how Goslin is going to take over as crime fighter and launchpad saying that he'll be there as her sidekick when that happens and they yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why doing that it makes it weird like is Darkwing gonna die <laughs> <laughs> do they know something he doesn't <laughs> yeah their doctor called and <laughs> I don't see have cancer <laughs> it's like this the episode of DuckTales or even the one of Tailspin when the doctor calls everyone <laughs> And he's describing a cuckoo clock or whatever it was, and he yeah. thinks he's dying. And a part in the rat catcher is broken, and now Darkwing thinks he's dying. That would be a funny episode. It would be a complete ripoff of two other shows, but they could have done it. Um, so Darkwing breaks up the treacle by saying, guys, little help here. Um, this is my least favorite bit in the issue, though. Launchpad goes to save Darkwing. Posey takes Darkwing and basically pounds Launchpad into the ground with him. Kind of like what happened in The Incredible Bulk. But while Darkwing's pounding Launchpad, what does Launchpad say? Well, first Darkwing says, stop. And then Launchpad says, hammer time. Oh, <laughs> come on. No! What are they going to do? Get up and start dancing again? I know, like the third MC Hammer reference in Darkwing property. <laughs> Next thing you know, Comic Guy's going to show up in parachute pants and dance around. <laughs> 
Uh, Launchpad says things can't get much worse, and that's Gizmoduck's cue to burst in through the roof. <laughs> Darkwing, you aren't allowed to say things anymore. <laughs> yep. Um, then we get yet another cut to somewhere else, establishing something that doesn't pay off. Um, what are they establishing, Tiffany? So then it says elsewhere, and you see this really dark, sort of messy room with newspaper clippings and a bunch of monitors on the wall. And um, you get uh, the warden saying, so you, as you can see, the reports of an escape are greatly exaggerated, which I guess is a reference to that fake Mark Twain quote. <laughs> and he's holding up a paper mache bush root, but claiming yeah. it's real. Yeah. And saying, yes, I'm 100% real Dr. Bushroot, and I'm no way just a papier-mâché hand puppet. And, and they make a comment about, will this outbreak affect next week's St. Bernard Toy Expo? Yeah, and then you mm, hear toys. some <laughs> singing, um, whistle while you scheme. <laughs> Blackworks killed my dream, but with my <laughs> old friend, they'll meet there, and now, now let's make them scream. And who is it? It's Quacker Jack, obviously. <laughs> okay, one thing I did notice now, which I guess I'm just blind, he is surrounded by drums of ink. Yep. And his... Now, I'm actually piecing it together in my head for the first time ever. There are two notes hanging up on the wall that says, uh, what's it say? Time to play rough. Yep. Get dolled up. Yeah. Or something. Um, and obviously it's written in the ink. Mm -hmm. So who knows what exactly happened to the Quacker Jack, but surrounded by ink and with notes written in ink, he's got to be possessed by that stuff. Yeah. But we don't know what that's all we really get. A crazy, he's making crazy mechanical banana brain. <laughs> and there's, there's like one joke on this page. Amongst the monitors, there is a picture of Herb from last issue with the caption, local man causes grease fire. <laughs> All those poor raccoons. <laughs> yeah, and he's wearing his Negan outfit. <laughs> so back at Nutricide, Gizmoduck is fighting with Posey and Dean Tapebill's having a panic attack because Gizmoduck is there. You know, that that's when you panic. <laughs> And Goslin's like, you really don't get it, do you? We're way past quiet. And she shows him outside that Posey's calling all her potato minions home. Yeah, looks like zombie apocalypse with them all inching towards the building. And many of them attached to people's faces. Yep. So Dean Tightville panics. Like, he wants to get the heck out of there, take the money and run, basically. So he leaves. And then Darkwing, Gizmoduck, Launchpad, and decide to fight Posey themselves, all three of them, which would have been a pretty cool fight. If it wasn't for the fact that Bushroot is pretty much still on Posey's side. Yep. <laughs> what does he do? He makes all his vines come up out of the, um, what do you call it, planters, and captures Gizmoduck, Launchpad, and Darkwing. Yep. Yeah, and um, yeah, he still is in love with Posey and asks a question. Um, says, we're meant to be together. 
just tell me if there's a chance for us. And Posey screams and knocks all of them to the ground. She never liked him. Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, pretty much the bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> As Bushroot, Darkwing, Launchpad, and Gizmoduck lay in the heap, you can kind of see Gizmoduck's uh, visor askew, and you can kind of see Fenton's eye poking out. <laughs> I like those. I like those moments where they actually do that, like in Justice Ducks, when he sees Morgana, he yeah. lifts the visor hey. and goes, "Hi." <laughs> um, so back to Typeville. Typeville's about to get his comeuppance, pretty hardcore. Uh, he stuffs as much money as he can into his a couple of satchels, and runs up to the roof, and he makes a comment that he wants to start elsewhere, maybe Spoonerville. <laughs> There's no ducks allowed in Spoonerville, yeah, dude. Good luck. <laughs> no ducks. Good, good luck, dude. <laughs> and who does he run into? You see Steelbeak standing there. Going somewhere, pal? <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, I saw this little brouhaha on the news. And uh, Type Bill, like, immediately panics. Like, this is my money. It's my research. I won't let you. He's like, I mean, of course, Steelbeak. I meant no disrespect. And here's where I hear Paulson. None taken, type, Bill. We're pals, after all. Like, hear him, hear him perfectly. None yep. taken, type, Bill. I, I can't do a Paulson to save my <laughs> life. But So how does the scene with type, Bill end? A great callback. I have a show you my alligator briefcase. <laughs> I think it'd be really great when we cut to the next panel. You hear, you see a very muted arg or a no, like in the yes, background. Totally. <laughs> like that would be great. Um, so yeah, Darkwing is like, Bushroot, she's controlling the monsters. They're spreading. If you don't stop her, there's no telling where it will end. Darkwing mentions Mouston and Duckburg again. <laughs> yep. And then Darkwing levels with him and calls him Reggie. Yeah. I know you're lonely. I know what that's like. I know you created her to be the companion, but she's not that. She's never going to be. Right, so what happens next? Yeah, and he says, I'm, um, she says that he doesn't want her to suffer. and um, Or she says, hasn't she suffered enough? And Darkwing says, yes, she has. And this makes Bushroot cry and realize that enough is enough. And he uses his plant powers to make vines come up and engulf Posey and they shoot all up in the air. I guess he the... crushes her with them? Yeah, I'm not quite sure if she's like encapsulated or if she's crushed. <laughs> but whatever he does, it releases uh, the, it, it stops the tater apocalypse, basically. You see all the potatoes are turned, return to normal and they start falling off of people's faces. And now we got this gigantic beanstalk coming out of the top of Nutricide. Yep. So as we wrap up the story, uh, Gizmoduck tells Darkwing it was great working with him again. He calls him Wingy. All right. Darkwing <laughs> says, the brevity was my favorite part. Do you want to talk about how the Darkwing Bushroot storyline actually ends? I'll let you take care of that. Sure. So he says, there's something I need to do. And it's a very sweet moment. Darkwing walks up. Bushroot's just sitting and he's staring up at the beanstalk that he made. And um, he says, you've never called me that before. And um, he said, Darkwing expresses that he knows they had their differences. And he's sorry that it had to end that way. 
Bushroot says that he can still sense Posey in the vines and he can tell that um, she's happy and that that makes him happy. And um, he Bushroot says that he's um, it feels good to be a good guy, but he thinks it's obnoxious when Darkwing does it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says, maybe I've turned over a new leaf. Get it? And Darker yeah. goes, yes, you certainly have grown. Terrible, just terrible. <laughs> when, um, Darkwing also glances over to Goslin, and he's like, you know, that's true love. That's when something is so important to you, you sacrifice anything for it. Yep. And then you just have a nice moment of them sitting together, looking at the giant beanstalk. With no dialogue. <laughs> and then Bushroot says, I'm still going back to jail, aren't I? Darkwing, ooh, yeah, big time. <laughs> and then Bushroot says, oh, well, at least I won't be alone. What a beautiful way to end a Bushroot story. Yeah. Like, truly, truly great. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think Bushroot would be the last villain for our last issue of Darkwing Duck for the for the future, maybe, at least from Sylvani and Sparrow, maybe ever. I sure hope not. But either way, you wouldn't think it'd be Bushroot. What it is, and it works. Like, Darkwing Duck as as canon, Darkwing Duck canon, basically, is ending kind of the way it began for a lot of people. Yep. Because for many people, Beauty and the Beat was the first one. I know it was for Will. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice we've come full circle. So now that it's wrapped up, we're back to Dwayne. And um, he says, that's our story. Took us to some unexpected places, I reckon. But the best ones often do. Uh, What does he hold up? He holds up a newspaper of the St. Canard Guardian and (laughs) says, City honors heroes with parade. Mostly Gizmo Duck. And you see Gizmo Duck with his hand up, obscuring Darkwing's face. (laughs) Kind of reminds me of the end of Monsters, Inc. when um, Mike's face is being blocked in the newspaper. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to take care of the, the basically the last dialogue we've got here, which sums up a lot of what we're thinking. Uh, he says, I know you got questions. What's Negaduck really up to? Good question. Is Bushroot a change plan? What are Fluffy and Mortimer cooking up in that basement? I'd like to know that. Where the heck is Morgana? Someone please explain that one. Is Steelbeak back with Fal or what? Was the moon landing fake? Well... I reckon I got an answer, and my answer is this. How should I know? I'm just a good old country boy. Yay. <laughs> Great. Um, but um, tell us what's in the last panel that we see. The last panel is like he's in a giant warehouse that's like um, Indiana Jones in the, what is it called? The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or something? Is that what it was called? <laughs> Um, wasn't it, wasn't it Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh, it's from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wait, isn't it in both, though? I don't know. I've never seen Crystal Skull. I don't watch crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the end of both. Okay, I know it from Raiders. That's, and I think that's where most people, most people parody it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, and then you see a giant skull in the background, what looks like a T-Rex, and a... I don't know what you call that, like a chamber with liquid in it and a person, a mysterious person. 
is a skull. And yeah, and then a mirror that has that little alien from the intro of DuckTales, which I don't think was in an episode, but it's the one it that wasn't dollar bill from him and laughs. <laughs> Did you mention the spaceship? Oh, no, and a flying saucer. <laughs> and lots and lots of crates. Yep. And that's it. That is it. And so, Tiff, what did you think of this one? I really liked it. Me too. Um, me, me too. What would you rate it? I think I would give it, this is going to be weird, like a four and three quarters. That's weird. Why would you? What would the uh, the extra quarter? I don't like that there. It does seem a little bit like they're trying to set up and get you to like they probably knew that they were canceled. So there's a lot of stuff trying to like push future things. I don't really like that. And I don't like the little Goslin launch pad moment. And that's it. But it's so minor because I think it's great. The push root Darkwing moment. All the Gizmoduck stuff, too. Yeah, all the Gizmoduck stuff. You can definitely hear all of their voices. Like, Gizmoduck, Gilbeak, Bushroot, all of them. That's been a constant over the last eight issues. Yeah. That's the biggest shame about this ending. I don't know if we're ever going to get something that really sounds and feels like the show ever again. I think we kind of passed that. Yeah. I think the moment of, like, strict adherence to, like, Darkling Duck canon... I think that's going to be over because I don't have a good feeling about um, Sparrow and Silvani's involvement with Dynamite Comics. Because last they spoke, they had not heard anything. So that's not too encouraging. Um, We got very lucky with this and we got very lucky with DuckTales. I don't know in the future if we'll be as lucky again. Because I consider these comics canon to the show. Yep. If Tad Stone says they are, they are. Yeah. Um, so in general, which would you prefer, Boom or Joe Bucks? Hmm, that's tricky. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, like those, I really like the Dark Knight Returns and um, Crisis on Infinite Dark Wings, but I feel like as far as consistently good Joe Bucks wins... Yes, Joe Books is much more like the show. And I think the lows of Boom really drag it down, especially when you add um, Dangerous Currency to the mix. Yeah. But I'll give this issue a four. I just give it a flat four. I think I would have rated it a little bit higher if they didn't spend time on the stuff that didn't really matter and was only there to set up later stuff that we didn't get. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. There's a reason why they probably did that. Um, so... After next next week, I believe we're going to be getting back to more Disney adventures and Disney um, the Disney Afternoon Marvel issues reviews from Stan and Will. They have a bunch of those lined up. Uh, I'm not sure when I'll be back, probably a while from now, although me and Tiffany have an idea we're cooking up. We may do something sooner or later. Um, we still have a bit more time, so why don't we cram in a quick mini episode review before we go (laughs) all right well the one that i was gonna pick it's actually long episode wise but it's been talked to death so it should be uh quick (laughs) and that's justice justice ducks okay well we could do this all day but really quick 
why do you many, why yeah. do you love this one? Well, I don't know if I necessarily love it, but I oh. I really, really loved it as a kid, and I used to like back in the day say that it was my all-time favorite episode. But I really have a problem with like the first half of the first episode. I think it's slow, and I really don't like that. It's like the most pathetic Morgana is in on the show is in this episode. I feel like I begrudgingly agree with you. <laughs> I feel like even the ones where like Morgana is being kind of more subdued, you still have that like explosion of her being super powerful and like getting angry, which is, you know, at least you have that contrast and this doesn't even have that. She's just really pathetic the whole time. <laughs> Could it be because she's going up against super villains? She usually doesn't. I don't Wait. know. I'm I'm trying to justify it, but <laughs> I don't know if there's any justifying what you just said. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then, but yeah, this like second half and then the second part also are great. And um, but then I don't like like thinking about the justice decks in general. I don't, really don't like that they have Stegmut and kind of Neptunia also. I feel like there was they should have been other people. In the That's justice. all they had though. Well, they could have had Derek Blunt. Yeah, <laughs> they I can see. I would even, if they have to go with, like, a dumb guy, like Stegmut, I would rather it be Comet Guy, even. <laughs> yeah, it's... I guess we understand why they never went back to these characters again, for the most part. Because they work for a, this one story. Yeah, but, and I could, I could see, like, when you... Th in, from an artistic perspective, if you're thinking about a group of, like, heroes together and drawing them, I could see the, like, wanting to have the giant dinosaur and a robot and Neptunia and size-wise, it, like, works. Really. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I mean, I could see it, but Stegma is just such a weak character, I feel like. Like, he's dumb, but he's also not funny, which is why I feel like Comet Guy can be funny, and he's a little bit of a old Looney Tunes flavor, so yeah. I don't know. But I'll give my thoughts quick. I love, I put them together. I love it. They're in my top 10. Um, I still have huge nostalgia from when it first aired. Gizmoduck's in it, obviously, so I love yep. Gizmoduck. The Fearsome Five are terrific. This is the one time they actually get along and they yep. really put their powers to the, the best use and they, they're a functional team. Um, it's when Negaduck comes into his own. It's when the Sun Wu animation comes into its own. And all the callbacks across the two episodes with the pudding and the yak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All that stuff seems like non sequiturs in the first episode, but it all pays off in the second episode. Exactly. So, the payoff is so great. And all, like, the jokes, like, the comedic timing in the, in both is really good. <laughs> I mean, the two the two Darkly Dawn's the Duck episodes, they feel different. Also because of their different animation studios, but the tones are different. This, you can just edit them both together and it works as like a 45 minute movie. Like, they do, except for only one thing makes it weird is that whole, you know, when Darkwing gets, she falls down the, the thing in the building, like that's, you know, splits the two episodes. Right. And then it lands and they've taken over the city. And it's like, I feel like that's with the understanding of there's been a lot of time since you've, seen the last episode and when they're together it's like that just happened in one no second. no no that's the joke that's the joke without darkwing 
they were able to take over the city that fast. <laughs> Come on, it's the best Darkwing Duck joke. As he was falling, with him out of the way, they were able to do it right away. Without any interference, they can take over the city in five seconds flat. I guess I could see that. Kind of like that when um, uh, Quacker Jack gets hit by Stegma's tail and while he's still in the air, he's like on a bus driving. It's, it's perfect Darkwing Duck stupid humor. Um, All right, I'll give we, you that. Yay! Um, <laughs> but we have to we have to stop. You know, we'll we'll catch up on these episodes again. We'll talk more about them next time we're together, perhaps. Um, but anyway, we do have to wrap it up. Uh, Tiffany, where can the fan, uh, where can our fans find you? Um, at Tiffany Silver Braun on at uh, uh, uh. <laughs> On Instagram at Tiffany Silverbron. We've been doing this consecutively for a full eight months. You're allowed to make mistakes. <laughs> and uh, at Regurgitating Gertie and on YouTube at um, CarneyTube and at Radioactivity. And we are the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. If you have a favorite podcast app, we are on it. Enough said. Um, and again, stay tuned. We still have some more things coming up. Um, Hopefully we hear about either the Dynamite comics or the Darkwing reboot at some point, so we have material to talk about. But there's still some stuff out there. Um, and again, you might hear me and Tiffany pop up again sooner than later. Although I'm sure the very next episode will be standing well. Um, but until then, um, it's been fun. I've enjoyed this deep dive into all the Darkwing Duck comics. It has been a lot of fun, Tiffany. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better co-host for all of this. Aw, shucks. Oh, thank you so much. It's been swell. So until we until we meet again, guys, everyone have a great whatever it is, morning, afternoon, evening, commute, whatever, and stay dangerous. Bye.